Hello and welcome to the next installment of the SUS News Podcast Series, where we interview newsmakers and discuss the news and applications relevant to the global unmanned technologies community. I am your program host, Patrick Egan, and as we always do at this time, we say a big warm hello and welcome to our co-host, Mr. Gene Robinson. Hello, Patrick. And you know, it, it always surprises me how you can go through that spiel and never miss a beat every single time. This kills me. Huh. Uh, it's been like, I don't know if it's eight, nine years. I should actually, I still read, uh, you know, glance over at the script there, but it's, it should be uh, ingrained in my uh, brain, but kind of is. But, um, well, I appreciate that, the kind words there. So what what have you been up to? You've been out at the uh you've been out down on the farm, you've been looking for people, what have you been up to? Oh yeah, yeah. We've been down on the farm. Uh, there was a you know, there was a structure fire this morning at five AM from a lightning strike, you know. So there's always the fun things going on around here that uh, you know, first responders normally keep up with. But uh yeah, it's uh it's uh, you know, situation normal around here as usual and Situation normal. No. Chaos. Hey, no, come on. The cat's working on the keyboard. That's not going to end well. <laughs> Did you, you know. pick it up by the tail? No, but uh, she doesn't like the, uh, you know, she, she's headstrong. But we can't have the cat on the keyboard because this program should come to a quick close. So, uh, <laughs> all right. But anyway, it's chaos down there in, in, in Texas. Fires and well, storms. Yeah, it's, it's our usual normal springtime weather with, you know, tornadoes and hail and wind and all that stuff. Sounds exciting. So we're getting ready for fire season here in uh, California. Oh, and y'all, y'all, I know y'all have four very distinct seasons. It's mud, flood, <laughs> fire, and earthquake, right? Pretty much. <laughs> So, you know, you just take whatever you like. I just roll with it. I go with it. I like it all, you know. Um, smoke if you got them. That's pretty much what it's like right here. So, um, well, that's interesting. And then, um, you know, you of course, there's always something exciting going on there. But so have you been, like, watching the news? Are you, are you encouraged? Is there anything that you uh, you'd like to share yeah, your well, insights on? Yeah, kind of. You know, I, I was thinking about it, and, and not that I want to, you know, promote, you know, AAU BSI exponential, but I noticed that um, the, uh, the there's some shows popping up in, in Vegas, some of the old drone shows popping up in Vegas. And I don't know about you, but, you know, I kind of enjoyed going out there and, you know, advocating for using drones and search and rescue and talking about it and, and uh, you know, pressing the flesh and, and kind of, you know, seeing what's going on out there. I, I, I'm kind of encouraged by that. Of course, you know, being, you know, first responder, I got my two vaccinations, you know, over a month and a half ago. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. So uh, what do you think? Well, there, I think that's good. And you might get an invite. I, I don't get any invites to the shows because, uh, well, there's several reasons, but one of them, you know, I don't know. So most of the people that they have speaking are what I would call uh, not qualified and, uh, you know, other cute names like Commercial Dog and Pony Expo and whatnot. Um, you know, it tends to get people not to invite me. But, uh, I, you know, whatever. I don't know. We'll have to see if they're going to come out of my shell. I don't, uh, they don't, you know, a lot of people don't dig what I have to say. But, again, you know, it's one of these things. I, you know, 
I, I just, uh, I'm waiting. I, I keep hearing, oh, this is going to happen, and that's going to happen, and new space is here, and then there's like a donut hole, you know, that can't be closed. I, I just don't get it. I don't think that uh, a lot of this stuff, I mean, you know, there's a lot of uses that are good, and we are doing things, and yada, yada, but, uh, you know, the drone delivery thing is, it's got issues, which, you know, we'll talk about some of those later, but um, Did you I see... Still, I, did you see that the Girl Scouts are delivering cookies with drones? Now that that's very dangerous, especially for a fat guy like me. I see them out in front of the stores, and I'm, I'm like, "You cookie pushers are out here already!" You know, uh, I can't say no to the uh, the thin mints and the tagalongs, and well, I can't say no to any of it. But anyway, so then I did not know that, that they were delivering by drone, but that is, uh, that's a good use. I'm going to put that down as uh, probably number two or three in the drones for good column. <laughs> the Girl Scout cookies. Uh, no, you know, I, I, hey, man, you know, it all sounds good. I, I, I'm uh, seeing where we're going. Um, you know, I guess uh, some people testified to Congress yesterday about uh, – some of the issues, regulatory issues, which I do think are, uh, it's just bizarre. Did you see the kid flying the drone down the street? Did you see that? He was like riding the drone, I should say. Did you see that one? I missed that one. Yeah, you got, I mean, he did, you know, it's a multi-rotor, you know, whatever. he's riding on top of it. He's got the helmet on, which sometimes I think it's superfluous, you guys wearing the helmet. I mean, he might as well just go evil can evil on the deal. And he's riding around, he's riding through traffic, and, you know, and I'm thinking, well, where's the enforcement, crack enforcement team from the local FISDO, you know? Didn't have a license plate on it. But, um, it's, I, I just think it's silly. And I do think that uh, the current, you know, state of affairs is just whatever, impeding progress. The other thing that I think is good, there was a story this morning, and you probably remember me beating the drum on this, but now, you know, like the Israelis are like, oh, these Iranian drones, it's a problem. And the Marine Commandant, oh, you know, drones dropping, you know, munitions, this is a problem. Now, who has been talking about that for 10 years? You know? um, yeah, I, I, I did see that, and yeah, I, I will have to give it to you. You've been, you've been talking about the, uh, the ping pong ball drop for quite a while. Well, that and the, uh, you know, I went to the DOD and I went to the feds and I said, hey, man, you got, you got some issues here. You know, uh, the Iranians are coming on strong. They got a homegrown program. Never, ever going to happen. Uh, crippling sanctions, too sophisticated. And I'm like, really? Because they're doing it right now. This is 2011. Here, check it out. Ah, that's all propaganda. And then also, you know, the, uh, it's kind of funny, too. Now people are like, oh, the Chinese Navy. And I was ringing the bell before the Chinese even had a carrier, you know, uh, ready to roll. And then we we're going to have some issues with them. And unmanned aircraft, uh, again, laughed out of the room. I don't know what's going on over there, man. If it's Peter Principal riding on the laurels of, you know, Cold War and Curtis LeMay and, and all the rest. And I, I really don't know. But uh, the proliferation of, of technology around the world, you know, people call it democratization or whatever. I don't really, I, I think it's more of the internet and sharing of knowledge. Wait, 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 wait. As I recall, there was, whoop, there was three letters in the X47. X, didn't we give them one? Uh, like we gave them. We gave them a couple. Um, you know, 
uh, the Kandahar. That's what it was. Yeah, we we gave them one, or or no, they they actually took one with a Radio Shack transistor radio or something, if if I recall. Uh, yeah, and we uh, and we did, you know, and then whatever got like, uh, let's say, landed inside um, Iran during uh, some of our work over there in the sand or on the beach and in the mountains all that stuff was going missing so that, i mean they've, they've gotten some stuff and, and whatever else there's you know and the other thing with the you know as you know too i mean remember we were cobbling together systems so they were cobbling together systems um and and you know nobody's gonna uh, miss the boat on this exciting new technology no right no. so you know no, that's whatever better. Let's go. The other thing I think is kind of funny too. You still have people discounting the uh, military drones that the Chinese are making. You know, ah, oh, it's garbage. You know, yeah, that's kind of what they were saying about the consumer stuff. You know, and I don't know if the the uh, communist Chinese are doing that cost plus FBO thing. I mean, that that stuff is making its own gravy. You know, and uh, people, ah, oh, well, you know, the uh, General Atomics was making great products. Uh, they had some issues, you know, when they were selling them for top dollar and then, you know, they got paid to fix them. It's, it's great stuff. Um, but whatever, we'll see as, as the future unfolds, I think you're going to get lots more unmanned and that's just going to be everywhere. Everybody in their grandma is going to have unmanned. I mean, well, I think we could go down a long road on that one, but I think we're going to see more of that than less of it and less, and at less cost, you know, it's a quarter of the price. It's a bargain. As I recall, you went to Shenzhen too, didn't you? I sure did. Yeah, I I went to Shenzhen, and uh, I tell you, that was, gosh, I don't even remember what year it was, but um, I think I went just before you. And uh, it was impressive to see what sort of, I mean, granted, their their quality control was a little suspect, but, I mean, they had made some some pretty good strides to to build some very large drones while we were there. And... uh, they look pretty good. Yeah, well, even there's that other company that XAG uh, makes drones, and I've you know seen them here um, fly. I've, I've met with the CEO. I've you know seen them in China. They make all different sizes. It's very robust, and you know they're not as prolific as DJI, but I think they will be in in, in time. And you know they're really thinking of it as like kind of a holistic process, you know, where there's monitoring and then there's applications. They train their people in um, actually, you know, in agronomy and to understand some of the maladies and issues with the crops that they're monitoring. So I thought, thought it was very forward thinking instead of just some guy that ran out to Best Buy, like, oh, you know, we're going to buy drones, you know, things like that. They're actually delivering, uh, let's say, value with the system. And then also uh, the, the ecosystem that there is in Shenzhen. I mean, all these people are, are sharing parts and pieces that you can, you know, go down the road and buy. Uh, we yeah. do not have yeah. that here, you know. The other thing that kind of, you know, uh, the, the Chinese government is investing heavily in, you know, these technologies. There's a uh, Made in China initiative uh, uh that is going on and it wants they, they want to show people the world that you know that they're making quality uh products kind of you know and i think we might have talked about this and you, you're you know you're going to date ourselves but you remember 
you know, when you were a kid and the Chinese transistor, or not Chinese, but Japanese transistor radio. Right, right. You go to Radio Shack. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, hey, you could have your own tunes. You kids, you know, transistor radio, what the hell is that? You had that big earbud that you put in, but you could listen to your... uh, the Bee Gees or whoever else you were into at the time on your transistor radio. Um, you know, Fog Hat. You were a Fog Hat fan, weren't you, Gene? Mm-hmm. Foreigner. Yep. Humble Pie, Fog Hat, you bet. <laughs> a little Pink Floyd. Anyway, the point was you could go down to Radio Shack and you could buy this, you know, and it was cheap. About everything, ah, this is cheap, but you know, now the Japanese are, are, are seen as making quality products, so the Chinese are doing the same thing. And the, and the consumer drones is one of those things that they're showing that hey, we, we can do this, you know, and we can make quality stuff. So, all of that, uh, I think, is, is coming full circle, and I think people are starting to say, oh, wow, hey, you know, um, this stuff is good, and a lot of stuff that we buy now from uh, China is good, so that's all changing. I hope to make it back to Shenzhen here soon uh, when COVID dies down, and I'm sure I'm going to be wowed on the changes just from when I was there a few years ago. Uh, it's really something people need to go and see for themselves because you're you're going to see something that's going to uh, blow you away. That's all there is to it. Um, well, I saw it. I don't need to go back and look at it again. That's me. Well, Gene, I know you're. Well, you got, you know, you got the full uh, treatment. Then you went out into the, uh, you went out into the countryside, even, didn't you? Uh, yeah, we did, and uh, actually uh, did test flew a bunch of, a bunch of stuff, and uh, they, the Chinese were very complimentary of my flying skills and all that. But uh, yeah, we we went out into some areas that, um, pretty sketch. We got to see the countryside. I did not. I just did the the city deal, you know. But I don't know. We'll see what happens as, as time rolls on. But I do think, you know, they're not they're not going away, and I think we'll see a lot more. The yeah. other thing I'm really excited about, you know, they they came up with, and it's a side note technology thing. But did I tell you about the uh, the electric truck they came up with? I think it's GM. It's a partnership. Uh, I, I believe it's GM. Uh, GMC or whatever, and they are uh, they came up with this electric truck that they're selling in China, and it's like nine thousand dollars. You know, sign me up. I want the nine thousand. Yeah, I can use one. You know, yeah, electric truck. You know, how come I can't get one here? I, you know, let's. I thought we were going to try and save the planet because it's kind of cool though. Um, but you know, it's only ninety nine horsepower or something like that. But it's like I could use that to go to the. Uh, mailbox and pick up my $82 billion check, you know, um, <laughs> and, and other things like that. Go get groceries, uh, Girl Scout cookies, um, things like that. But anyway, we'll keep our eyes on that. So let's, without further ado, let's bring on our guest. You had to, you know, listen to us with our vacuous prattle, uh, Mr. Ryan Walsh, who's the CEO of Valkyrie. Mr. Walsh. Hey, guys. How are you? Thanks so much for having me on. Hey, no problem. That's what we do, man. We try and have people on here and uh, tell us how they view the industry and ecosystem and what's coming up. So, you know, for 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 the benefit of the audience, um, you know, could you kind of give us a bio, little bio, high points, how you got into the uh, UAS game, 
what attracted you to this and, and how you got kind of where you are now. Sure, sure. So, you know, we, uh, we've been working on this since 2013. Um, it was, I saw some of the, the stuff you guys were mentioning, the general atomics and some of those things when I was in the military and the way they advanced and, and just the timeline that they advanced on was incredibly impressive to me. So when, um, you know, we started seeing the commercial applications start to arise, that's really when we started looking at this very seriously. And, you know, we looked at it much more so as an ecosystem, which the industry is slowly shifting to. And so we started looking at the infrastructure required. Um, so we built the universal infrastructure for drone delivery, um, you know, the landing stations that both receive and send packages to uh, for the drones. Interesting. So, you know, you, you, you kind of glossed over your, your, uh, your bio there. So uh, were you, uh, did you, did you go to the, the beach or were you at the mountains or did you go to both? You had a good time. What, what happened with that? Yeah. I, uh, I joined and in, in, I was selected to be in the 75th Ranger Regiment. So I got to see pretty much a full gamut of what was going on at the time. And, uh, you know, did a couple deployments to Afghanistan, one to Iraq, and, and so, you know, we always had the best air cover, so I was exposed to, you know, really where, where drones were at the time, and, um, you know, it, it was very eye-opening when it started to get down to the commercial level, you know, so. Um, so let me get here you are. My, you're, you're, in, you're in, you know, uh, the, the mountains of Afghanistan, and you're like, you know what? I see a future for burrito delivery for these things. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. It's a, it's a, drone, it's a drone joke. You know? I always like to crack the burrito to delivery drone joke. But, <laughs> yeah. You know. No, I mean, you know, hey, there, there's a gazillion uses. Gene and I have been around for a long time, and uh, it's kind of funny. You probably see this, too. But people are always like, oh, God, you know, here, you can use drones for, you know, X, Y, or Z. And, uh, you know, like, okay, well, I've only heard that five or six times. But, um, you know, it's kind of interesting. I, there are a lot of people cycle through this industry, and so a lot of people see things as fresh for the first time. But um, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, your company, Valtry, and, and you, you kind of alluded to that in your bio, a little bit of, of, of some of the infrastructure necessary for this drone delivery thing, and I do want to talk about that too. Um, I, I, you know, I, I kind of, I don't believe from where I sit, um, and especially, and you could probably appreciate this too, being a field guy and so is Gene. I don't really feel like the string is the thing when it comes to drone delivery, and, I, and I'm going to go out on a limb and, and say that you probably share that because the infrastructure that your company makes, um, let's say, cuts the cord on that. Is that true? In a lot of ways. Um, you know, there's definitely use cases where a tether can make sense, you know, um, but we take tethered packages. That was part of our design requirements. Um, so we wanted to incorporate that model instead of, you know, completely excluding it. And a lot of the times, you know, you don't want the drone to come down, you know, below 50 feet or, or 80 feet. And so it, it makes sense to tether it down, um, you know, but I don't think it's a, a lasting solution that solves everything um it still leaves the package on the ground you know it's better than the drone landing on the ground below you know head level and, and having um 
you know, especially, especially the rotors where, you know, people and pets and, and you know, things like that are. So um, I do think it was a step in the right direction, but I don't think it's the end point where the industry needs to end. Well, uh, there are, are people that agree with you, and uh, there are a lot of folks that say, really, it's not the last mile that's the hard part. It's the last 20 feet uh, yep. is really the hard part. And I do think, you know, that was one of the things uh, when the first time I saw the Amazon offering um, and the exposed props, I was like, and you're going to put this in people's yards. Uh, oh, yeah, well, you know, it'll have onboard avoidance and, it, you know, it'll, if there's people there, it'll move out of the way like a bird or whatever. And then I'm thinking, well, and if you have multiple multiple people in the yard, the dog and all the rest, you know, it doesn't hit Johnny, but Billy, uh, you know, takes one in the melon kind of thing. So uh, that is tough. I do realize that. Uh, And that is one way around it. I just, I don't know. I'm not a fan of the string and I'm not a fan of uh, single, let's say single sortie delivery. I, I just don't see that as being efficient personally. Yeah, but maybe you might have some other insights into uh, to disprove that theory. You know, we're seeing a lot in the, the development these days. Um, Wingcopter and, and USOG are both two companies that have developed uh, multi-package delivery type systems. Um, you know, so we're seeing that evolution happen. But I agree with you. The the Amazon solution it. Sounds good on paper, but you learn very quick in this industry that what looks good on paper rarely looks good in the real world. You know, with that thing, it might have collision avoidance and object avoidance coming down, but that doesn't prevent the neighbor kid from kicking a soccer ball that flies into the yard. And, you know, there's a million things that could happen. And so, you know, it's even with the efficiencies that we're seeing and the economics of drone delivery, you know, I still think that single package sorties are better than, um, you know, a lot of the traditional delivery means from a cost perspective. Um, They don't make sense for everything, but if you're ordering Uber Eats or something like that, right, it doesn't make sense to have a giant van with a person in it bringing a single meal, right? So there's a lot of applications where it makes sense, but as we start getting this evolution, you know, multi-packages per drone, the drones are more efficient and, there's there's different things that are being invented and, and brought into the ecosystem. It's starting to really take shape. Yeah, I, and and I agree with some of that. And and, and I think there's you know different, um, let's say, I guess we could call them you know package value or whatever. I mean, if you if you're delivering let's say pharmaceuticals or something, uh, you know. And I'm not just talking about cannabis because everybody goes there. But, you know, if you're, you know, uh, bringing Granny Smith or her blood pressure medication or whatever, and, you know, it's got to be a secure thing. That's another thing I I wanted to talk about, your infrastructure. But that's, you know, you can't just be dropping those willy-nilly somewhere. It's it's controlled um, delivery. And so that's that's something that's a little bit different, the burrito thing and the food thing. Um, I like, you know, you have your own food tester with like DoorDash and the rest of these guys. They nibble on your fries and make sure, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I you know, want to take those guys out of the equation, you know, hands off my burrito, you know. Um, but I, I just, you know, some of that, it's just, it doesn't really make sense. So you make that single sortie, uh, you know, the delivery and all the rest of that. Can it really make sense? I'm sure that you've sat down and you've crunched the numbers on this and, um 
even crunching the numbers, I get a little bit of a problem with that because people get on the Excel, Excel spreadsheets and they throw all these variables in there that, you know, well, you know, okay, there's a guy sitting in traffic for 20 minutes and he makes $15 an hour and a train leaves the station in Chicago at 2 a.m., you know, whatever. You can throw all those variables you want in there, but you know, I'm sure you know out in the field, things go, have a, a way of going pear-shaped real quick. And, uh, you know, you've got to kind of uh, respond um, on your feet. So economically, if you're looking at these different customers or, let's say, um, cargos or whatever you want to call them, I mean, you know, are, are, are you seeing, you know, interest from, you know, a wide spectrum? You know, who, what, what types of uh, interest are you seeing and what are the economics involved in that? Do they make sense? I really believe they do. Um, <clears throat> we're seeing interest pretty much across the board. I mean, you definitely alluded to it. The first um, adopters were definitely pharmaceuticals, medical applications, you know, rural-type deliveries, um, and that's because of the high value both in the, you know, cost of, of human life and the value of the medication and so there's much higher price points to work within but you know economies of scale it always starts working its way down the more you you do it right and you know even if you look at amazon's original predictions of 20 cents per mile compared to you know ups nine dollars for a delivery right fedex 10 11 um if they were wrong by a factor of two or even three it makes sense and you know, what I think people forget is there's a very large implementation cost, you know, while it's not the same as buying a trucking fleet, right, it's definitely not the, you know, $5 per delivery type of implementation, but that's slowly changing. And once these systems are in place, right, it's it's starting with medication and then you're looking at, you know, packages and meals and, and as those price points go down and the same drone, same infrastructure, same processes are, are used to scale it, um, you don't have to have new drones, new landing stations and, and new pilots. Um, so it's really making sense once it gets past that initial adoption point, right? The initial adoption is going to be more expensive than, um, you know, some of those really glory models, right, where it's, you know, 20 cents a mile. Um, but, I mean, you have to think that this is really taking that direction. I mean, this hasn't fizzled out like people thought it would in 2013, 2014. True. I, I think the, uh, the fizzle out, you know, is uh, partially regulatory. I mean, even now, um, you know, with the, the drone delivery and not really being able to fly beyond visual line of sight, which, which I'm sure is a factor for you. Um, I, I do believe that beyond visual line of sight is is doable today, and I think you could mitigate the risks and you could calculate the risk scientifically for um, deliveries, let's say, to, you know, this is off the top of my head, you know, indigenous populations, say, in, you know, uh, Canada or Alaska or whatever. Um, and I think that those flights could be done and could be done safely today. And in instances like that, where you're traveling these long distances uh, and you have stuff in the air all the time, uh, it can make sense. It could definitely make sense. And, you know, like uh, my uh, buddy Ted McGear likes to say, aircraft make money when they're in the air. 
And uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer of that. So do you think, um, you know, obviously, what, what are your thoughts on, uh, let's say, the beyond visual line of sight, what that would do for your business? You know, it's really going to open things up. You know, we, we're focusing with our, our partners at Ag Eagle on golf course beverage delivery as one of our solutions right now. And we figured out how to make the economics make sense, right? And so there are plenty of line of sight deliveries that are viable right now, but I completely agree with you that Beyond Visual is really going to open the market up. I mean, that's really the the big piece of it. And when those regulations were put in place, most people were still questioning if the drones were reliable and if there was enough implementation. And, you know, we, we saw a bit of a setback at the time because a lot of these companies were trying to do it all by themselves, right? I mean, they had all these systems built up from the top to bottom and they didn't really get everything foolproof, right? But now that the industry is taking a much more ecosystem approach, everybody's focusing on their piece, right? we got landing stations, other companies are working on the drones, other companies are working on communications, and now you're starting to see that, right? And we have a mm. partnership with Indrill Robotics where we're delivering some pharmaceuticals up in Canada, and they're the only ones up there that have the uh, be Insight waiver, right? So we are getting implementations of that use case, and it's definitely um, the big, you know, holy grail of, of drone delivery, right? But I look back at it, you know, like the first cars, you know, it was you, know, you could go two miles an hour, and you had to have somebody in front with the flag, and you know, they were waving people out of traffic because they were worried about people getting run over by this two mile an hour car, right? And then fast forward 20, 30 years, and you have you know, full-blown, you know, hot rods coming out and they're they're getting better and better by the year, right? The Ford V8 and everything else. So, you know, it, it's taking the evolution it needs to. I'd be much more worried if the trend line was reversing in any way, but we don't see that. Yeah. You know, um, go ahead, Gene. Well, one of the funny things that I remember about the, the whole automobile situation is that uh, the conventional wisdom at the time was is that a human being couldn't breathe after they reached a speed of 20 miles per hour. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I totally get where you're coming from there with the uh, with, with the car analogy. And, and by the way, I want to say one veteran to another, thank you for your service over there in, in, in the rock pile and in the sandbox. So, uh, thank you. And likewise. And, uh, well, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is, is as a, I'm a pilot, a full-scale pilot as well, and we're used to Victor Airways. I don't know. Have you heard anything about uh, the commercial, commercialization of the uh, 200 to 400 foot space using drone Victor Airways, and they would be like tollways? Have you heard anything about that? I've seen a few models um, pop up, and, you know, I don't know that it's going to be that simple, right? I mean, uh, there's definitely some court precedents that are, you know, kind of moving away from that, right? I mean, there's a whole lot of, of stuff that's been worked out over the last 50, 60 years regarding um, you know, kind of who controls that airspace, you know, and even Europe just passed that new law that started in, in January 1st, where you can't have country by country, municipal, municipality by municipality figuring out their own airspace, you know, it's, um, 
you know, prevalent rule for everybody, you know. So it's it's going to be, um, you know, figured out. They may end up taxing it, whether it's through a per delivery fee or, you know, uh, you know, a tollway type situation that that's still up in the air, I would assume. But, um, you know, we are seeing it moving in the right direction. Mm. That's interesting. Um, well, I, you know, I do think the, uh, the, the golf course delivery is probably, you know, number three, right under the Girl Scout cookie delivery. Um, as drones for good. No, I'm kidding. It is a niche, but uh, I, I really think that we need uh, some of this beyond visual line of sight. I, you know, I don't know either about that. That, that Victor Airways sounds good. The charging for each flight, I don't know how good that sounds. I already think that some of the um, the costs are going to go up, especially you know people are talking that they're getting you know this type certifications and 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 whatever else, and what that's going to do to the cost of uh, of everything. Definitely going to drive the the per mile costs up if all of these aircraft are actually uh, type certified and type certified in a way that where they're not going to need more waivers than certification to fly in the NAS. Also a little concerned about the UAM or the flying cars in the same airspace as the, you know, the drones and drone delivery and all the rest of that and everybody's sharing this airspace. I, you know, it, is that a concern for you? you you're, you're, what, how do you feel about that? What do you think of the, let's say, density of traffic that may be coming down the pike, as it were? You know, I, I agree with you. The more they regulate in the having to certify, having to tax, things like that. It's definitely going to slow and, and limit certain areas. Um, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, oh, we're going to have these things flying above our head. I mean, we have things flying above our head now, right? I mean, UAM, as much as it's a brand new thing, it's really not that new. I mean, there's a lot of this stuff figured out for, um, you know, helicopters and then things like that already. So I don't think that it's got to be a whole new area and it's a fresh frontier, right? It's um, a lot of this stuff is figured out already. And, you know, when you look at the Class G airspace, you know, I don't think that the passenger drones are going to be flying in Class G, right? I mean, they might ascend and descend through it, but I don't think that's where their travel space is going to be, you know? And so there will be... Um, a lot of stuff that needs to be figured out, but a lot of it already is. You know, if you look at the FAA's original plans um, for the airspace segmentation and everything else, I mean, it makes sense. You know, it really does. It's it's more of the the stalling out and the not advancing as quickly as other countries that's that's causing a lot of the issues right now, not the theories that they put forth. Yeah, I, you know, I think some of the water got muddied by people that are actually involved in the regulatory process who I would say are, are uneducated. Um, and, you know, some people, that Egan guy is a meanie. He's, you know, negative, yada, yada, yada. But, <laughs> you know, all right, Gene, take it easy back there. Now, the... Uh, you know, it's just kind of the thing, you know, uh, you kind of alluded to it earlier in, let's say, let's say the early days of the drone thing and people were like, oh, we're going to do drone delivery, you know, and uh, there's a company around. I was probably one of the first people they talked to 
and they were using uh, 3DR products, and they were like, we're going to do delivery, we're going to do pharmaceuticals. I was like, hey, are going to use that? Oh, yeah, it'll be great. You know, and I'm like, well, you know, you, you do the pharmaceutical thing, you're going to have to make it, man. You know, you're going to make it 99.999999% of the time, or people are not going to want to do business with you if their customers and patients start dying. We got it. We're right. on it. You know, and then the, the funny deal was is they were like, yeah, we took this down to the jungles of Guatemala, and it turns out this stuff's not waterproof. <laughs> Which I started laughing. I was like, uh, really? I mean, you know, your electronics are all out in the open and everything, and you thought this was going to work in a rainforest? Uh, it, it blows my mind. But, uh, you know, again, I'm sure you saw some of that stuff out in the field. I, I, I wasn't a, I'm not a veteran. I was a contractor. And, you know, uh, we were... Uh, sending systems to Afghanistan. I'm like, this stuff, as soon as you get this out in the heat and the sun and the sand, you know, you know what a handful of sand can do to stuff. Uh, I, I got <laughs> this is going to work. And guess what? That Egan guy is negative. He's mean, you know. And then uh, you can't go to radio. Do they have a radio shack in Kabul? Did you see one? I'm kidding. I didn't see one. <laughs> I don't think there's one. I think they closed that down. You know, there was one a prize for a while and they closed it. I'm kidding. Anyway, so <laughs> you got uh, you you do have like say a like, technology readiness level, uh, and I do think in the early days, and I even think now, I see some stuff and people are like, oh, this is the best thing since sliced bread, and we're gonna get it out in the field and it's gonna work, and you know the whole deal goes pear shaped. But I, I do agree with you that I, I think uh, people are working on different facets of this um, and moving forward. I, I do think, though, like the UTM, I've been part of that since, you know, before inception, and I got, you know, I pissed the people at NASA off on that. <laughs> you don't have enough money to, to get everywhere you want to go. There, there are a lot of uh, things that need to be done. And, and, and again, you, know, you get these people coming in here with cell phone apps, and they think they are going to revolutionize uh, air traffic control, which I, I think is um, wishful thinking, personally. I do agree with you that they're already, you know, for helicopters and other things, there's procedures and ways to operate or whatever else. And I think that people are coming in and go, yeah, but this is something totally different. This VTOL aircraft is not like existing VTOL aircraft because it's electric and it's green and it's quiet. And so this is totally different. We don't need the same regulation and we don't need this. We don't need that. And it's going to be 46 cents a passenger mile. And I, I think that's wishful, wishful thinking, um, on my end, and I don't want to be negative. It's just you know, uh, it's a, you know, as I say, physics is a cruel and remorseless old foe, which you probably run into some of that uh, in in what you're doing. I mean, what what are you seeing uh, as yeah. pain points for for your for your business? What are the pain points, and how, and what do you see as uh, overcoming them? I mean, I really see it as an opportunity, right? I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head where it's. Uh, people were doing a lot of wishful thinking and Silicon Valley and traditional aviation really don't mix well. You know, it's, it's that exact headbutting mindset, right? And, you know, it, now that the industry is starting to take a much more realistic approach, you know, I mean, the prior to 2020, most people were, um, you know, focused on, on very almost obscure ways of doing it, right? To, to your point where this is different, right? 
electric vehicles still drive the same highways, right? They, they have mm-hmm. to learn to implement into what's currently available. And now that more traditional aviation people are getting into the industry, now that it's, you know, starting to look less like a novelty and more like, you know, the next step in things, they're starting to integrate it much more. And so, you know, I really think 2021 is the first year that all of these individual silos of technology are coming together and and building an ecosystem that works, right? I mean, you're seeing drone manufacturers with our landing stations and you've got the the communications and the UTM and I'm with you, right? I thought, oh, drones plus UTM, that's the solution, but it really isn't, right? It's just one piece of a much broader ecosystem, right? I mean, there's there's so many factors that go into this and people did. They very naively went into this thinking, oh, we got it figured out. We got it all solved. And you're you're right. It was wishful thinking. I mean, you know, and a lot of them were borderline foolish in a way. Um, But now that there's a much more, you know, pragmatic approach to this and, you know, electric vehicles have been proven, the battery technology is getting there, 5G is starting to, you know, make a difference in latency, it's becoming possible all these tools are being put in place to figure all of these issues out, you know, so it's more being able to percent reliability um, and the regulators will start paying attention, right? I mean, if you go out there saying, I'm going to revolutionize aviation after, you know, what, 100 years, and you've got this tiny little non-waterproof, you know, uh, flight computer attached to a couple of rotors, I mean, that's really not going to solve anything. But now that they're looking at it, how do we integrate? How do we make sure this is safe? How do we, you know, make everything viable for everybody, right? If you have a drone come down and hit somebody's windshield, that's the end, right? So how do you do this repeatedly over and over again with success, with reliability, with the durability that's involved? Because that's what's going to drive those economics down. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, the one thing, I'm going to temper the, uh, the concept of negativity, because my thing is, you know, we with this country put people on the moon and brought it back. I do not think it is beyond us technically to make all of this happen. It's a will uh, issue and a money issue. And uh, there, there are a lot of variables in, in all of that. But I, I do think it's doable. It, it's just, a, you know, even the, the NASA thing that I, I – uh, mentioned you know i was like oh, what do you want to do oh everything but how much money do you have okay it's not enough and that you know pissed people off but uh, I, you know i'm into i'm into it too i want to do everything you know i like doing everything it just costs money but uh yep. before you know before we run out of time ryan uh could you please give us the website so folks can can uh, go to your website and and learn more about valkyrie Sure. It's uh, V-A-L-Q-A-R-I.com. That's simple enough. Um, well, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we had a chance to have you on. Um, it was an interesting conversation, as they always are. And it sounds like, um, you know, you're, you, you, you got a good idea or a handle on what some of the issues are, how to overcome them, and whatever else does not sound. You don't sound... I don't know where you're you're based out of, but I'm I'm, I'm going to assume that you're not a Silicon Valley guy. 
you know, I'm Chicago. It's the complete opposite up here. Yeah, a little bit more re- uh, reality than the, um, you know, Patagonia best <laughs> set out here in, in California. Uh, you know, it's good to dream. I mean, like, you know, I, I say it all the time. That kid from Uber had me going at 46 cents a passenger mile. I was like, oh, anything's possible, you know, until about lunchtime the next day. And then I, the, the, the uh, smoke started to clear, and I'm like, eh, it's not going to happen. But... You know, you have to reach for the stars, and you have to figure out how you're going to get there. And that sounds good. And we definitely, uh, you know, I know you you had some um, stuff that you're working on. We're we're kind of out of time. So when those stories come up, you're going to have to send us to them or send them to us at SUAS News, and then we'll probably have to have you come back in the future and uh, give us an update on what's going on. I definitely will, and I'd be glad to be back on. I really appreciate you guys having me. This has been excellent. Well, thank you, and thank you, Gene, and uh, we'll see everyone next week. Have a good one. See ya. Bye, guys.